0: This is the Ed show. Welcome back to Max
1: Out, everybody. I'm Ed Milet. I'm fired up because I was at this guy's show last night. It was the best live concert I have ever been to, and you need to own that compliment. Let me get, the, let me get the wallet out here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, le- it was cash going here. It was legit. You got eleven dollars. Like, like $11 $11. That wouldn't <laughs> have worked anyway. Very rich man. Evidently, these tours don't pay off. But. All of you recognize this gentleman Thank on my you. left. Um, we were talking about the stats earlier. He called himself the Susan Lucci of the Grammy Awards. But 14 Grammy noms, like over 30 CMT, CMA nominations, like eight wins, millions of albums, records sold. A lot of nominations. A lot of noms. King a lot of, of noms. Lot, of, lot of wins, too. No, that's some wins. And.
0: and um, and my favorite artist and becoming my friend. Thanks, so this man. is this is Dirk Bentley. It's a pleasure to be on the show. I've, I've seen the background, I've you know watched a lot of the, the, the podcasts and video so it's nice to be at your great your spot you. here. And uh, uh you know, I don't know if I can hold up to some of the previous interviews you've had, like Rob O'Neill. That one mm. blew me away, but I'll Thank I'll you. do my best. Oh, they're gonna love you, brothers. Because your
1: story's so good. So thanks, man. Um what I wanna do, probably everybody knows you, but I wanna do a little bit of the there's always like the before and after. Yeah. By the way, I'm 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 researching you. And it's actually Frederick Dirks Bentley. Yeah. And I thought, I wonder if you went out as Fred Bentley, had everything turned out the same? Because you have the coolest name in the world, right? I, do I Bentley. My name's
0: so tough. There's so many marquees. My name still gets spelled wrong. Dirk Bentley. Or really? My friends. Uh, yeah. Just to, I didn't even uh, think it was a real name. It was gently, such a good name. Uh, it could be a good uh. But if, if you were Fred <coughs> Bentley, so do you think like, all of this would have happened as Fred Bentley? I don't know. I don't my know. mom, So all of us go by our middle name. So my, my brother, my sister, we've all, my mom used to, family name for the first name, and then our middle name is like the actual name where we go with. But I've had people throughout my whole career be like, is Dirks a stage name? Yeah. Like, you think mm-hmm. I would choose that as a stage name? You don't
1: think that's a cool name?
0: <clears throat> I don't know if it's cool or not, but it's hard. Dirks I mean. Bentley just sounds <laughs> studly Buck, to me. Buck Bentley. <laughs> that's a good country singer name, Buck Bentley.
1: Speaking of that, this is a weird place. We're going to go all over the place. But... um Doug Douglasson. what's Douglasson. Stu- so this is, we're going to go all over the place in this interview, but he's got Doug. this like alter ego That's guy my, going I right now. I love Doug, yeah. He's so, wh- where did he come from?
0: So man, we- This is uh, hot country know, nights, everybody. If you haven't yeah. seen
1: this, you have to see this.
0: We, uh, you know, we've been doing this for a long time on the road. It's funny, you get on the road and all, everything's going great and you're having so much fun, but you always reminisce about the old days, right? You're like, man, yeah. how much fun was that? We used to play on Lower Broadway for tips and, mm-hmm. you know, your car would get it towed and, and just all the craziness that used to happen in Nashville in the old days. And it's like, man, it'd be so fun to go back there and do it again. But you really think about it, it's like, the good old days are good because they're gone. They're fun to look back on, <laughs> right, but right. like, were they really that much fun? Like right. lugging your PA system through lower Broadway to, mm. to play a gig? But we love, we love country music. We love 90s country. I mean, mm. I grew up listening to Alan Jackson, Clint Me Black, too. Garth Brooks, yep. Dwight Yoakam, Marty Stewart, all that stuff. So <clears throat> in the 90s, were just a really fun period in country music, the clothing, the hair, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it was just great. So we started playing these songs on our off days. We'd, well, the tour ended. We put together a little band to play around town a little bit. And we dressed in, in time. You, know, in you time got the period. full mullet rolling. The mullets, the high-waisted jeans, the whole the starched uh, Wranglers. And then uh, we took it on the road, man. We started just going out there and not telling the fans. And we'd just sneak on stage and oh play God. unannounced. Okay. And people are just going... But the main thing for us is that the music has to be like perfect. Right? Yeah. Like the music's great, you can get away with anything. So the, mm-hmm. we really work hard to make sure. We probably rehearsed, like our ratio of rehearsing to actually gigs at that point was like you know, 100 to 1. Is that right? A lot okay. of rehearsing. But um, we got dialed in, and now it's like actually on the bill. So we're the openers for the openers for the opener for, for us. So we're the first of four bands go on every night, 7 o'clock to 7.20. Uh, and Doug Douglasson is my, it's me it's it's my alter ego you
1: because all of you follow probably dirks and no dirks but i don't know if you follow hot country nights and doug Douglasson.
0: and you yes. need to go hot country nights this. with the k nights with the k it's a clever suited there Plan words. it was clever and it's hilarious because i was
1: backstage last night and all y'all came off the stage I know. and they said
0: <laughs> i really saw you. i was like...
1: there and you're in full mullet mode but the guys in the band were in full character like look no photos You oh, know, yeah. they're, they're there's just me back there. It's they, they, full, put a,
0: they put a little line around me so they yeah. couldn't, I couldn't get to them. It was so awesome. Yeah, I think Rolling Stone was shooting some stuff there last night, and uh, we were doing the same. <laughs> Guys, please, like, no more paparazzi. We can't take it. But yeah, they're, they're 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 like a really, their whole thing is just kind of being like a sad, uh, pathetic uh, cover awesome. band that's trying to make it. It so. was awesome,
1: but the key thing, as you said, is the music's awesome too. And so, Thanks, man. I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about. So, kind of go back to those times for you. Yeah. I want I think on my show I try to feature I try to take this mega achiever a max out achiever like yeah. you and have them see the real person
0: yeah I you know what I mean do. like
1: the real story and the thing that I probably admire most about you is the kind of I'm learning about you is the kind of husband and father you are and just the way I've also just observed you treat people it's your humility like you're genuinely one of the most humble successful people in any field I've met I admire that about Thanks, you man. and I think maybe part of that is kind of mm-hmm. where you come from so um, you, you tell me about your dad Leon yeah. your dad was older when he had you number he one was, but I get yeah. the feeling he was a my pretty got a brother
0: that's 10 years younger than me so my dad was 62 when my brother was born You're so kidding me. yeah my mom was keeping him young my both second second marriages were both my my folks um whoa my mom was in a pretty very not very good marriage her first go around my dad's first wife passed away of cancer so they met um at different times of her life my dad was 50 my mom was 30 and I, I think yeah he was 51 or 52 when I was born and uh yeah, he's just a great guy, man. Great sense of humor, big people person. You know, he was uh, he just always talking to people. Loved all that you know, I always you always think your dad's one way, but I look back at my dad like he loved watching like we only had three channels on the TV. We never had cable, but he like any of those celebrity shows, so like you know that he was always watching that stuff. He liked really? that stuff. He liked the, he liked the gossip stuff, but you wouldn't really know oh, that about really? him. And I didn't know that about him until I started making it as a country singer and, he was be, he'd be up on all the latest stuff that's going on in Nashville come and on, who's really? coming around me and I'm like dad it's not a it, it's my dr- I'll, let me handle it. just enjoy really? it Really? just come to the show and have fun don't worry about it but oh he my mom would tell me stay up late at night worrying about mm. what's going on in the business and stuff and the many nominations I didn't win <laughs> is that right <laughs> no but he they, they they loved it all but he was just a great person great guy um, you know he's one of those people I learned a lot through just because not through words but just through. You never wanted, to, never wanted to disappoint him. He's a World War II veteran. Grew up in a small town. Uh, you know, just, just one of the part of the great generation of people. And that's a and remarkable. Your and, dad was a World War II vet. Yeah. I mean, I probably. I bet you that's something eighty percent of the
1: people don't know about your dad. Yeah. But he was sort of a part of some kind of defining moments. I want you to picture little Dirks here, everybody. Not this guy in front of you know millions of people because it'll give you hope number one if your life isn't where exactly you want it right now like everything's not in order and you're gonna see where he was to where he's gone I think it's gonna blow your mind I think it's literally gonna blow your mind um... and then for some of you that have children that maybe aren't do lives ever get in order? That'd be great. <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> Is it ever in, in, out? In s- small moments of order. I
0: think you're always fine-tuning right? You never I, stop. I yeah, do. That's why I'm here. That's why I listen to you. That's why I'm here. I'm always trying to tweak it and get it the yeah, more worked so out. So am I by yeah. the way. I'm clear, <laughs> clearly a work in progress. Yes. Some of you might even have teenagers that are a little bit
1: not on their A game, your parents sent you to boarding school. I did. Did you need it? I did. What was going on?
0: And what happened when you went there? I mean, I threatened to run away. I had friends' parents that were going to let me stay at their place and not go. I mean, I had no desire to go to New Jersey. Um, uh, you know, eighth grade was eighth grade was a great year. I went to middle, uh, you know, I was in public school in the Ingleside middle school and uh, it was just such a great year it was like you know passing notes between every class with all the mm-hmm. girls and the fights there was always some fight after school every day and mm-hmm. just like all the different characters and types of people packed in this uh, seventh and eighth grade I met my wife there I know you met your wife in uh, yeah in hi- high school or yeah, uh, yeah we so did. Just, like junior high and um, yeah. it was just uh, it was unbelie- you know it was just such an amazing time but it was also a lot of partying I mean I think I partied party more in eighth grade than I did you know it the did. first few years of high school oh man we were every day after school there's something you know drinking, people smoking before mm. people, for class. And uh, it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun. Mm. And uh, my mom, my sister uh, had gone to Culver Military Academy for, for mm. camp and ended up going there for high school. So I think that's where my mom got into this whole idea of like mm. maybe sending us off to be fixed. And so mm. yeah, she kinda said, you're gonna go away for high school. And, uh, oh. and did it uh, fix you or not? Well, that's where I've, you know, I got out there, I was in New Jersey, I was the only kid from Arizona out there, made some great friends, uh, I kind of, I kind of, I'm like, like you, in a way I'm a chameleon, I make friends, mm-hmm. I just can fit in kind of anywhere I feel like, and yeah. I'm going to make friends no matter where I am, and I feel like my whole life I've been a little bit of a, I have a lot of friends, but I don't have a, necessarily one super tight overall group, I just have a lot of great groups that I get to be part of, and some of those friends from that school still have those friends around, and that's really where I got into country music, so it was a great experience, I was out there kind of, you know, a lonesome feeling just being away from everybody, and I mean, as far as my dad goes, there is some sadness there because I was 14, 14 you're kind of gone, you know, I'm from yeah. Arizona, New Jersey. And so from that point on, the time I only saw my parents or my, and my dad before he passed away was through, you know, Christmas vacation mm-hmm. or spring break. And uh, I was uh, pretty busy in the summers. But but they I mean, it was the nicest thing I think you could do for your kids is to give them wings and go go That's chase, it. go find your own life. You kind of significant move though a big right? move yeah so you it's not Merle Haggard and you know growing up in a right. boxcar it's a little different type of way of getting there but it's the same idea of just like kind of being on your own and and uh being totally rooted from you know pulled out from your roots and where you're from and uh, kind of trying to figure out what 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 this world is and what you're trying to do there I wonder if it dawns on you I don't think it does like who what's happened here
1: because you're in the midst of doing it, right? I don't, you know, oftentimes, very rarely, whatever the good fortunes are that have come my way, yeah. I don't know yeah. that it dawns on me, you know, what the hell's going do you, on. I mean,
0: I don't think, I mean, I think, old, you and you know, I are talking off camera about mm-hmm. people who have influenced, influenced us, mm-hmm. like Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. obviously your show. Um, I have a lot, of, a lot of friends out there that have, have been successful. My friend uh, Blake McCoskey from Tom Shoes, he's mm-hmm. a, a guy that's always looking for ways to, you know, how to just get better at what we're doing. And uh, you know, I think when you do that, you spend a lot of time in the present you don't spend a lot of time in the past. I rarely, unless like doing an interview like this. This is only their third podcast I've ever done. Thank you for doing it. Oh man, this yeah. is uh, probably my last one. This is. I feel like you can't, you can't go out on top. <laughs> Thank um, you. But it's like, how do you? You know, it's like I don't spend much time reflecting on all that stuff. When you do, it's kind of scary. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you get into something. I'm sure all your businesses. It's like you look back on it now. It makes there's a lot of there's a linear line. You can see how it all worked yep. out. But when you're on the other perspective, looking forward, it's. I look back on that now and think like the kid that was playing those bars and yeah. doing all those gigs I never I was, I was always present in those times it doesn't matter where I was playing a casino gig at 2 o'clock in the afternoon sun's beating down I was having fun hmm. I'm playing a gig this is amazing so I never really but looking back on it now it's like gosh I can't believe all that stuff actually worked out what was I doing a kid from Arizona right parents have no musical uh, abilities yeah. uh, I chose to be a country singer I wound up in Nashville I it's all very um it's, yeah, it's kind of scary to look back at. So I like being in the present moment and, uh, you, you know, focusing. You on You said future. it to me last night. I think it's like
1: a running theme with you is trying to be more present. I think it's yeah. one thing I want to do. I always kind of try to pull out little lessons. I mm. think, I just gave a talk yesterday about this, just oddly that you're saying, and I was in Ohio. I don't even know where it came from because it wasn't in my notes, but I was talking about how most achievers that I know are present or actually maybe even looking a little bit forward. Yeah. And most people I know that are struggling in their life, if they were really being honest are running on old story. They're running looking the back, they're, looking, they're running this old story. They continue to... Their life becomes almost like a boring book of one long chapter because they're repeating either like a previous victory. I was a quarterback in high school. Yeah. Or I got my master's degree. Or it's something negative that happened, yeah. right? My parents sent me to boarding school. My dad was an alcoholic. Like, yeah. they're, they're, if, if you're listening to this, this is a huge clue. Like, if you got nothing out of today and you're going to get more, it's that where's your frame of reference most of the time in your life? Is it past present or future the happiest people are present yeah and achievers struggle most achievers struggle with becoming present because they're looking forward all the time yeah and most people that are in pain or are not achieving at their maximum potential are in a past frame of reference totally so this is something really huge for most of it's why actually when i do the show it's difficult for achievers to go okay i'll go back for you because you're asking me i'll tell you my old story right but it's kind of uncomfortable
0: awkward and and it's gonna kinda not really I mean, it's relevant. It's, it's relevant the to the that's, listener, that's not but not relevant, relevant yeah. to you. That's yeah. really I and mean, all. I said, said, there ones like you know. I think about uh, a friend of mine, Jesse Alexander, with the song "The Climb" for uh, Miley Cyrus, mm-hmm. and that song is all about enjoying the climb. It's not mm-hmm. about the destination. It's about enjoying the climb. climb. Right? So that's a big thing for probably for overachievers. Yes. I just re- I just reread that book, um, The Four Agreements and that, that talks a lot about being, you know. Tom Brady s- recommended that to me. Did he really? That's his like that's his reference book. That's his so thing. You know, the it's the four it's agreements. Easy. It's about this big, it's yeah. got four things, right? Your words and be impeccable with your word. Don't yeah. take anything personally, mm-hmm. don't make assumptions, and always try to do better. Those are the four things. Yes. But in the early part of that book it talks about being your story But and I haven't been through nearly what so many of your sure. listeners have been through, there's so many traumatic experiences, especially for a lot of women out there. I i can't imagine what that's like. Yes, but I still would say it's your life. It's very short. You can. It's at some point. If you're gonna have, have any happiness, you have to like just. You got to That's move. Not,
1: yeah, I, I didn't know we we're gonna
0: go there, but, but like you know, I have yeah. this thing that
1: I talk about often, where everything in your life happens for you and not to you if you believe that to be the case. Mm. So like my dad's drinking, and my dad's my best friend. He's been sober a yeah. long time, but it actually happens. I, I heard me. you talk about that. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's I, would, like, I, would, I would literally not be doing this. I right. wouldn't been pretty good at like a value. My dad would come home. I'd have to kind of distinguish: is it sober dad or Ugh. not sober imagine, dad? By the yeah. way, my dad's my best friend. Right. Literally. Yeah. But it built these skills in me it made you. that when I went to work at the group home, the everyone here knows my story. But it, it happened for me. But if you're whole, always replaying for it for me, yeah, if it's always replaying it as just the negative, it's,
0: if, a, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a self-fulfilling prophecy the rest of your life. It's amazing how, and I, I feel like recently this is something I've been working on. But it just like when something happens where you're always like, oh, that's damn, yeah. that, and it's like whoa, 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 and I'll tell my wife I'm like, this could be a good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, prime example day I was fishing in Colorado at my festival I didn't have a fishing license right so I was on a private farm uh fishing a creek I wasn't even expecting the fish it was just Rich. such a random thing my buddy Luke Brian had been there the day before he caught a fish on there and so I had to go out there and try to top him of course the mm-hmm. next day and I caught four and I posted on Instagram <laughs> really smart move right yep. and I'm walking through town the next day and I'm taking pictures there's some local people just kind cool. of checking out how the festival was having a good time there's a wildlife guy there with his camera mm. and I'm like he's like do you want to do this here or somewhere else and I was like my ego, I'm like, he wants to take a picture with me, obviously. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, we can do whatever we want, man. I'm cool. We can do it here. He goes, Did you catch Four Rainbow yesterday? I said, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a license? I said, No. <laughs> he goes, Do you want to do this here or somewhere else? So I got in his car and he gave me a ticket. I saw this. And so I posted it on Instagram, but I immediately took it down because I don't mm-hmm. want to mess with Luke, Is a huge hunter of oh. fishermen. So I don't want to mess with his whole situation. Right. He and I actually, yeah. now so, 10 million people heard it. Well, but I took it off Instagram, yeah, now they're... <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, well, here's the thing. So he calls me, because I took it down off Instagram, but I forgot mm-hmm. about it. It's still on Facebook and okay, all that. Yeah. I did, it's all linked I did, I'm not right. very good at all that stuff. And I was like, man, you know, this could end up being a, a good, good thing, because we need to own up to it, you know? Mm-hmm. we And you, you need to, you know, call the folks at Colorado Wildlife. You might make some friends there. It might be, a, you know, it might mm-hmm. be some, you know, this is what you do. He is yep. a hunter-fisherman, that's what he does. This gonna be. He's like, buddy. I I mm. talked to the folks over there. Made some good friends. Good. It was a ten out of ten conversation. Mm. You know, they got. It. I paid. I I'm mm. paid the. So I, I just feel like, every everything happens to you yep. before you. Could yep. be something you turn before you. Because you can. can kind of spin it all into being a positive thing. The
1: happiest people. If you look at any area Not of your positive. life, eventually.
0: I know some people have been some, some horrific things, but you can, you can turn it into being something that makes you who you are. Okay. The heartbreak you go through. That girl broke your heart, but it made you the person that you are.
1: I, I like to think that I think you're right. I like to think that it should have at least taught you something. Yes. There's a lesson. That's the only time you learn. That's when you, you learn. Only learn in the heart. And, the hard and I'm a huge, huge believer in that. And I think the happiest people don't wait for hindsight for that. They discover that in the present moment. Like mm. one little random example yeah. is my dad's got cancer right now. And you think, oh my God, what the hell is good about your father suffering with cancer? Yeah. Right? But to be candid with you, I have look at my own family as the time more precious now. Yeah. When the phone rings and it was my dad before, maybe every once in a while, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, yeah I'll oh, call gosh. him back. Now get it's like, one. oh, it's dad. I get to talk to him yeah. again. Um, it just made everything more precious. It's it's not that, like, this stuff's not cool, but, like, really, would I rather have a beach house or would I rather just be able to talk to my dad? Yeah, right? Totally. So it's put things in perspective. So everybody listening to this, I just want you to understand something because this is why I wanted Dirks to talk about, you know, some of his beginnings, your mess does not disqualify you from being successful. Your current mess, the current thing that you're ashamed of or gives you anxiety or gave you pain, you have our permission to set that down, turn the page and start to write a new chapter in your life. And that's why I want to talk about some of those other chapters too, by the way. So with you, you're going to say something. Well, I know it's
0: amazing. It's it's what I love about life is that you can, you know, I think it was a little easier probably before social media, but you can just be you could, I like being the idea of being able to change whoever I want to be. I don't like being stuck in one type of like, hmm. person or whoever my parents were or whoever. I think one thing about growing up in Arizona, there's, less, there's almost less roots to like a culture. Yeah. It's more just like, just be who you know. Mm-hmm. I'm in the South now and there's definitely a lot of like. Sure, legacy thinking. Legacy, legacy yeah. yeah, and it's like, that's good for some folks, that's fine. But for me, I, it's like, man, who, who do you want to be today? Yeah. Just be whoever you want to be, it's fun. That's what kids do. I learned so much from my kids. By the way, the, the get to, got to, through, got through. I was riding my, to school with my daughter, and I was like, yeah, i got to write songs today with these guys, and I was kind of saying it like that, and mm. she goes, you get to, you got to or you get to? I was like, mm, Hello. I was like, yeah, I get to. You know, like yeah. you lose perspective. You get something, like a house or something, mm. something that would have changed your whole life. You, your life would be perfect if you just own a house, right? Yes. And then three years later, you, know, you own it for yeah. a while, and you kind of forget that you own a house. You, You're right. I'm a songwriter in Nashville, Tennessee. I get to write songs mm. with amazing people. I actually wrote a song that day called I don't got to, I get to. You did. Based on what she'd said. But uh, How beautiful is that? Yeah, but. I did this yesterday. It's so weird. After I
1: spoke, I went to our team and I said, I have to go do this uh, signing with the books and the pictures. Right. And I said, immediately, I went, let me correct that. I get to. Totally. It like, changed the whole totally. experience for me. Speaking of your children, um, Knox is a smart dude. Yeah. Because he's he understood how much bigger my arms were than yours last <laughs> he night. He didn't matter how much I
0: tried If <laughs> you tried to give him some... a wedgie, I was like <laughs> the, knuckle, the knuckle of justice was coming in there. His arms were bigger. He's proud. your identical twin, yeah, by the way. All,
1: little mini me. That was so cool. So, I want to talk about defining moment a little bit. I get the sure. feeling, because your dad was involved a little bit. Didn't you drive, wasn't there kind of a significant decision you made to just head to Tennessee? He did. What is that? What happened there?
0: I just knew after high school I was, went to um, Vermont University, of Vermont for a year, and great place. I don't know what the hell I was doing. It's kind of kind of drifting a little bit. I got in, so I went. Uh, I wanted to go to Boulder where my wife went, but I I did not get in there. Um, <laughs> I've never been a very good student, um, but I got there and I just I just realized I just wanted to be, I was obsessed with country music. I don't know why. I mean, I, I there's the, there's been a couple defining moments in my life. One was when I was 17 years old. My friend Jack Brown lives in Chicago he sat me down I was playing like I was i had been into country music with my dad he mm. liked country music so I listened to it because of him 13 to 17 I was in anything that had power chords Van Halen, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne, Pearl Jam you know I was just listening to anything uh, that, okay. but I wasn't really I hadn't really found a musical home but my buddy sat me down and he played me a one song by Hank jr. Mm. Hank Williams jr. but let's see if it's a song called Man to Man and it is I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a, a, you know, maybe like a coin going down a slot machine and hitting all the right levers of your your being. It's just like really? I knew exactly what I wanted to do from that one moment. And he played me a Marty Stewart song, and he played me an Alan Jackson song. I can tell you the three songs. It was, and I was like, yeah. Put cool. the electric guitar down, get the acoustic guitar out. Like it was like I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I moved to Nashville two years later. He actually went to school uh, down at Vanderbilt where I was. And um, did you know when you moved there? Like, was there something for you to go to when you got no, there? No, I had no family there. I had, um, I had no one though. there. Was you no just one there. chased the. Dream. I went to, I went there, and that's that this time around when I applied at school, I went to talk to the admissions director. I mean, she could see the passion in my. Yeah. I was like, I have to be, yeah. I have to be in Nashville. I have to be at the school, and just. You know, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you're really, people can see that, that's authentic. authentic yeah. you coming through. And I got into school there. And the first day I got to Nashville, I got a job as an intern at the Country Music Association. And I mean, how weird is that? Yeah. You were an intern. For CMA yeah. And oh yeah then you would... <laughs> oh yeah I used to walk on the walkie-talkie on and and you know escorting Shania Twain back to her bus and that's so oh, amazing I did all to that me. stuff behind the scenes back there yeah
1: can you are you all hearing this like I don't I don't know if everybody gets this, this dude was an intern yeah. at, at CMA like that's how'd you get that job by the way
0: just got it I wanted it mm. you know I there's a the one quote um, that I carried around my whole like I had this binder that had like my songs in there, but also had all my uh, songwriting appointments and it just kept with me and I, I, there's a guy named Harold Bradley who was a big uh, big figure in Nashville and on his tombstone he had this quote, I thought it was his, it turns out I think it's from Calvin Coolidge, but it's about how nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Mm. And uh, wow. I could, it's, you know, it's nothing in the world can take, um, talent will not, nothing's more common than unrewarded talent, mm. genius will not. Mm. Unrecognized genius is almost a proverb. Educational not, the world's full of educated derelicts. Listen to you. Persistence oh. and determination alone are omnipotent, omnipotent. And mm-hmm. um persistence has just always been like my thing, I think. I'm not the best singer by any means. I'm like really not that great of a singer, honestly. I'm like <laughs> I, I can, don't even know what you're talking about. I can That's find good. a note and put a lot of air behind it, and I have you some gravel to my voice, and I like I'm a good bar singer, you know. There's some unbelievable singers. Uh out there, they're on TV, they're all mm-hmm. over the country. I mean, it's kind of like the lottery, you have to be present to win, you have to be in Nashville to, to do this, right? So mm-hmm. that's just step one. And then you just gotta be persistent. But it's easy to be persistent when you are afflicted with a love of something, right? And I just loved afflicted country music. And my mood. buddy, yeah, it's more than a, a desire. It's like it's an affliction. Like, I can't oh, help but like listen to this music. I love this music. I have to get to Nashville. I don't have any friends there, I have any family there, I don't know how it's gonna work out, but I have just got to be there and I don't know how mm. this is even gonna work out, but I just love this music so much and I'm such a fan of it, still am. And uh, I've, ne- I've done a lot of shows, no one's ever said that, afflicted with the love of something, oh, that's man. good. Trademark that, we'll write that. And that was good. <laughs> no, I, Thanks. I,
1: I think sometimes also people that are successful take for granted things they're good at, like one line, I don't care if it's like a football player, a business woman I've had on the show or whatever, is the, and you did it, like they're very comfortable stepping into spaces, buildings, environments that they're ill-prepared for. Like they yes. have a threshold where they're like, I'm just gonna get in there and then I'll figure it out. Yeah. Right? And that's what you did. You got in the car, you went to Nashville, you just like, you, you know, you, Vanderbilt, you just like stepped in there, you'd figure it out. Yeah. Whereas most people go, I have to be completely prepared. I have to know everything.
0: I have to have everything lined up. Then I'll take a step. That's amazing. Um, you saw know Sadhguru. Yeah, he yeah. talks about the, he was getting ready to speak somewhere. I go, are you going to prepare for it? He goes, no, I, I just show up. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, it's amazing. What do I you mean? Your whole life's preparation, right? Just show yeah. Just be there. Yeah. Be present in that moment. Be authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like some of my best shows are the ones where I just walk on stage with that get to attitude, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. sense of joy and wonder. You know, how would Knox walk on stage? Whoa, look at these light bulbs. Yeah. This is amazing. We have a yeah. video screen. You know, how would a kid walk on stage? and? And then just be, be present and be, um, be, just be uh, in all the hell we're talking about now. But uh, No, I yeah. love what you're
1: doing. You're, you're, you're turning like, into a little bit of a Yoda, which I like. <laughs> no, but no, I, I watched this last night with you. Like, it's just two dudes. The irony is we're talking about these really deep things, and you and I are just sort of dudes, right? Yeah, but yeah. But I love this well, I because love if I can
0: talk to you about this stuff because I don't. I'm not going to talk to this about. Right. You know, gonna, the the band way. guys talk about, and I talk about this stuff. But I probably won't talk about this on stage tonight. So don't, no, so <laughs> I'm, thr- I'm
1: so thrilled we get to do it. And I watched you last night and there because you said that to me backstage about you know knocks and everything special and wow and the lights and that in life in business and anything. Wonder, yeah. You can and you can't transfer something to somebody that you're not really experiencing. Yeah. so like i totally. watch you and i'm like he's really experiencing yeah. this joy and bliss and wonderment up there last night and gratitude yes and you oh f- man and you feel it because you're really experiencing it those of
0: you that want to have an effect on people it has to be authentic right you have to, to be yeah one of my one of the first lessons i got in singing was uh i never had like, a real lesson i went to a bar paid my five dollar cover charge and watched this band play every tuesday night but the lead singer got him terry elders He's like, you wanna sing country music, you have to hear the words in your head and then they have to filter through your a broken heart of some mm-hmm. sort and then come out. It just can't go straight from here to here. And that Whoa. probably works in any business where it has to go through like some experience, some like traumatic experience you've had. Yes. It helps when you, especially in country music, someone like George Jones or Merle Haggard, when they're singing, there's so many great technical singers out there and mm-hmm. they can do all this mm-hmm. stuff, but I don't personally, it doesn't like hit me. Yes. Like someone like George Jones who, maybe wasn't always perfectly in tune and in yep, key, right. but when he sings, you, you feel, feel it. it, right? It's not about hearing it, you feel him sing it. Mm. So, my buddy Terry said it to me at the time, I was like 19, and I was like, damn, I haven't, like, you know, my parents are still living, and I haven't had any girls that have really broken my heart yet, like, mm. am I ever gonna be able to sing this music? And then I had some experiences that, that helped me, uh, that did break my heart and helped me understand what he's talking about, the difference between, like, listening is something actually feeling and hearing it and uh... can you tell I, us what one of those experiences were? I mean I, I've certainly certain some relationships where you know yeah. I think I'm a romantic type even though I don't mm. wish I wasn't at times but mm-hmm. I, you know, I really believe in the whole I think my parents you know married for thirty some odd years I, I, I believe in that I want that and um mm-hmm. uh, since some situations where one in particular where uh... yeah my hair was falling out my mom some of these huge like horse pills to try to keep my hair f- I mean it just come out in clumps in the shower You're that stress lost yeah. all this weight I mean it's really? so skinny uh a buddy of mine who's at the show last night, Vaughn, you might have seen him. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he took me to the YMCA, tried to get me back in shape while I got a hernia. Because I was like, you know, just like <laughs> working out too hard. <laughs> it was bad times. And I really, and uh, I was just going down this really dark, unnecessary like path. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just so unnecessary. I remember my dad being like, Dirks. Your mom's one of like a thousand women I could have married. There's no mm-hmm. one person for mm-hmm. any of us. I was like, Dad, of course there is. There's the what one. What are you talking about? There's right. the one. Mm-hmm. Um, but a friend of mine, it kind of like someone listening to you, just like snapped me out of it. He's like, dude, stop. Like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? Mm-hmm. Stop. Mm-hmm. And he had kind of pushed me up against the wall, I was kinda of threatening to kick my ass. Mm-hmm. so serious. Something to snap like that, I was like, You're right, what am I what am I doing? This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I still remember the date. And wow. uh that, that happened and where it was and um but yeah, that like that, that, and just certainly my dad passing away was a, had a big impact on me too. Really, kids, gosh, I think I get, I get to be a better singer and better performer just with, with each kid that comes along. I read like, this quote of yours about writing
1: that yeah. fits this. And you said, you can't write about stuff you don't know. You have to live it. You have to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty, live life.
0: Uh, you have to live life to be a great communicator, basically. Mm. You said that. And so one thing that's good about country music, there's always going to be the 17-year-old kids like me that, you know, driving a pickup truck that, you know, get to go see Garth mm. Brooks the first time. And you love those party songs. Ain't mm. going down till the sun comes up. I mean, those are the songs yeah. that get you into country music. But what country music is really geared towards, I think, is for life experiences. And that's why it's got this beautiful, beautiful fan base of people that love the sad songs, man. You, yeah. know, you don't get that in other genres of music. There's a whole, we love, sad songs don't make you sad. Sud songs make you feel like a friend and wow. you know a lot of kids when I was 17 or when I was 13 to 17 the country music really didn't, you know, didn't speak to me because I didn't, hadn't had those life, life. experiences Whoa. but I feel like for me now I mean, your dad passes away, a son's born, the circle of life stuff or you've been, you look back, you've been married for 10 years um, you know just you've, you've hit one, the top of one mountain but, you know, there's a, a David Brooks has a, has a book out there called Second Mountain. You read a lot, don't you? I, my wife kind of got me into reading. Mm. Country, we, we do read country singers occasionally. Like, <laughs> I do like, I, do, um, I try to read more, but that, it's like you've reached the top one mountain, you know, career and family. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. the second mountain gonna be? You mm. know, and the, so like these ideas, they, I think what makes country music great, the older you get, the more wisdom you get, it just makes you a better songwriter, makes you a better singer, makes you a better communicator to your audience out there. You wrote I Hold On for about your dad, right? I did. He yeah. he passed away, and that day that he passed away, I'd, I was actually holding his hand as he passed away, which is a, was wow. uh, which is, was an not, not a it was not overly important for me, for me to be there because I know it's such a chancy thing to be there when that actually happens. But I've been thinking about holding his hand and wow. how much I looked at my dad's hands in general. He uh, he always had a Timex Ironman watch, and uh, mm. his hands could do anything, right? My dad's like the generation that could mm. fix anything and yeah. do anything with his hands. And I was just thinking, about, I was driving around Phoenix thinking about him and. Um, drove to this church we used to go to and then and, um, and I still have the same truck that he and I drove to Nashville and we drove out in a 1994 Chevy truck which finally just put a new stereo in after it's it's running great and uh, wow. I was like why do I hold on to that truck why do I have his watch why do I why do I hold on to these things and uh, I wasn't trying to write a song I was just trying to answer some of those big questions that come when your dad passes away and it ended up writing um, end up writing a love song mm-hmm. that only would work in country music mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> because it's about it's a love song about how you hold on why do I hold on to this old beat-up truck why do, I ha- why do I keep this old beat-up guitar and use those two analogies to explain to your wife while you'll never leave her <laughs> it's like That's, that would yeah. never work in like any other genre right. music it's like right. what do you mean you, uh, you're comparing me to an old beat-up truck. truck Right, but uh, country fans get it but yeah right. it, was, it was actually my biggest song and honestly in a weird way how, what do you believe in when my dad passed away like my career took a whole other Wow. Like it, it, actually began to really work. so Unbelievable! He's up there t- pulling some strings for me. I feel like that's beautiful, bro. I uh,
1: very few songs uh, I don't know affect me lyrically. Yeah. I love Riser. Um, I think it's one of them I just all of you, even if you're not a country music fan. Like if you go read some of the lyrics this man's written, like they'll they make a difference. It's actually don't and I know you're gonna slough it off as you know you'll be humble about it.
0: I'm not gonna be humble about this one. Cause this is one of the songs I didn't write. Okay, you so did not I, okay. on okay.
1: I love this song. <laughs> like, uh, it's like some of it's like poetry, right? Yeah. But like, that this song gives me—I'm serious—I play that song literally. When I'm going through it's difficult things. It's song. a trigger song for me. Music can be a trigger, by the way, to change your state. We oh, all man. know that. Yeah. You, you hear a song from your childhood, it takes you back to that moment instantly. Music can do that to you. This song, Riser, for
0: me, man, it's like I just step music's, into Music's so powerful. There's a lot of times I mm-hmm. get in a car, if I'm going from the airport to mm-hmm. something, I'm like, don't play music. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm going to work out first thing in the morning, I, when I'm really on my game at home, I work. I do like a 5 a.m. workout. Okay. And I don't listen to music on the way to workout because I'm like, I just want to be present in yeah. this moment because music is going to take, take me. The me second a song, I'm going somewhere. Yeah. We're going back in the past or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting pumped up and maybe I don't want to keep my energy low. Mm-hmm. Music's so powerful. It's crazy. It, mm-hmm. it does. It can transform your life. That song, Travis Meadows, Steve Moakley wrote that song. It got sent to me. I was like, whoa, this is like who I want to be. This, yes. Actually, I still have some of the ink on my hand last night from the guy dedicated that song to his wife had passed away. Mm. and uh, I dedicated that song to him because that was their song. Um, mm. I always meet people backstage that inspire me when, before I walk on stage. Uh, those meet and greets are so important for giving me the fuel to walk out there and, mm. and give the show context. But, oh man, what a great song. It became the corners. I named the album after The album was called The Riser, Riser. Album and yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, there's some people in Nashville, you know, that they write songs every day and yeah. I go and try to hang in there with them when it's time to make albums but I'm always just what percentage do you write versus songs that someone some else wrote? Some albums have written the whole album. Okay. A lot of, maybe too many albums. I've written too many of my own songs. It's hard to tour and also be a great songwriter. And there's sometimes I feel like I've written too many songs. Uh, I, it's probably 70, 30 I write. You write. Yeah. but Burning I mean, Man, you did not write. Burning Man, I did not write. Unbelievable lyrics, too, right? You agree with me on that? That song's unbelievable. I had that song for uh, Luke Dick. Um, was, uh, Oh gosh. Luke Dick is the most songwriters in that song. And uh just unbelievable. And Bobby what? Pinson. And uh they had it for two years. I cut it three different times trying to get it right, but it's such a powerful song. It's so personal to me. Mm-hmm. But I think about country music is songs that the more personal they are to you, the more you write. Look at Taylor Swift. She writes songs with a guy's name them. you know. Yeah. I know my publishers have told her like, Hey, take, make it take, don't put it don't put Rick. Ned's name in there. Rick. Nobody knows Ned. She's like, Rick. Well, that's who that's, broke my heart, so I'm, that's what I'm gonna write about. The more personal you make it, it's Amazing. The more universal it becomes. So, mm. like the songs like "Riser," "Burning Man," they're so personal to me. You they release them out to the wild, and people make that that becomes woven into into the thread of their lives. But I remember when they wrote that song, they wanted it for you. I think they, so. They, I've, been, I've been writing with those guys. I wrote with uh, with Luke Dick a lot for my record, and uh, my thing is like, listen, if we can write songs together, great. If you write something of me and mine, please send it to me. I don't care where it comes from. I'm trying to make just like if you could writing a book, if you could, you know, have People write certain chapters. Yeah. I'm gonna make a great album. Yes. I'm not no, so necessarily like I don't want credit for them. each song. It's not, but that's about making a great body of work. And if I could borrow some songs, from people to help say what I'm trying to say instead of just trying to draw from the 70 songs. All right, if I can draw from three, four thousand songs, I'm gonna make a much better album.
1: Yeah, and they and you own them to half your life you struggle, half your life you fly, half your life you're making trouble, half your life you're making it right. One day I'm the exception. Most days I'm just like most. Some days I'm headed in the right direction and some days I ain't even close. Like this yeah, stuff. I mean, it's so good, right? It's so true. It relates to everybody yeah, All it's, of us, man. Dude, it's so good. It's I a love great your music. Song.
0: Thank you, man. And I'm
1: not I everyone knows me pretty well. Like I love songs that make me feel something. And your songs make an impact on me. That's why I told you last night was the best live show I've ever been to before. Thank a Couple you. quick things. I just wrote some questions I wanted to ask you myself. Yeah. So not like of oh consciousness. Are you gifted or are you skilled? Meaning, were you born with a gift for this or do you think
0: you've developed a skill? Oh, it's definitely all, all skills. It's like, even when I play, like, a guitar, I mean, it's it's all it's all muscle memory. I wish I could tell you about... Th- I actually took a theory class and had a dropout. I don't understand how it works. I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, don- I'm... One day, I'm not giving up on it. I'm still a student. I, I play mandolin. I love playing a mandolin. It's, mm-hmm. like, my kind of go-to, like, instrument I'm trying to learn how to get better at. But it's all... I've had to just, like, take a round peg and hammer it into a square hole and just, like, you know, it's all through, like, just sweat and, and you know, sweat equity is the whole way I've gotten here. I want everyone to hear that. You're talking
1: about one of the most successful men in the history of country music, when you add up albums sold and et cetera, et cetera. One of the most relevant people in the music industry today. And he's telling you he didn't have a natural-born talent for what he does. And there's all of you out there, you know, that want to make some big dream come true. There's something you want to pursue. and You're thinking, I don't have an incredible gift. Actually, by the way, you could have a gift. Part of that gift could be your ability to just be available. I just did a mm. video on this. But one of the best abilities is availability. Just wow. Key, you're a grinder. Love that. Like you, this dude grinds. Like he works his ass off. Has worked his ass off. Picture this. At his level, he performs three times a night at his shows. Right now on this Burning Man tour. Yeah. He plays the first one like that acoustic set. Right. You yeah, play that
0: thirty-minute acoustic set and the Play mandolin, which is great. I, yeah, I just and I do it. The hot country nights at seven, and then my yeah. main show at nine thirty. But come on, you know what I do. and This might be helpful, interesting for your listeners. Yeah. But the worst part of your day, or the worst part of your set list, or whatever it is, I always try to take that worst part mm-hmm. and make it my favorite part. So that acoustic show I do at six fifteen. It used to be me alone with a guitar. I'm a band guy. I like playing. I like playing mm-hmm. music. Me, music is like people playing music together. Okay. Alone on the guitar, I can do it, but it's just not really fun for me. Okay. I don't. I'm not that great of a guitar player. It's like. So I used to do it alone, 6.15, There's, it's all, if it's, yeah, anyone wants to come out with some extra money, you get food, drinks, and you get an acoustic performance, right? Um, I do that every night, and it was like, it just wasn't the most fun, I gotta leave the guys behind, we're in the dressing room jackassing around, I'm like, yeah. oh, I gotta go do this, I gotta go do this thing, and, and then, you know, one of the guys started joining me, and then two guys joined me, just out of the love of doing it, you know, mm. and, and then, all they all joined me, and it was like, mm. you know, let's take this thing, and let's make this the highlight of our whole day, and like, mm. I'm trying to get better at the mandolin, how about I get paid, to do band mandolin practice every night. So I put the guitar down, mm. I got my mandolin out, scared to death, plugged it in. They, they all sound so terrible when you plug them in. And, mm. and instead of just singing acoustically, now I have, ear, I have my ears in, an awesome microphone, great speakers. We're up there and I'm getting a chance to practice bluegrass music for a half an hour every night. Mm. And then I can take all that money and split it six ways. So mm. the guys are making a bunch of money too mm. now, you know. Okay. Everyone's making, it's like become a really fun, mm. it's the, you know, but it. I took something It was just like, so aimless, the, the part of the show that he's like, ah, oh, this is not the best. How do we? Okay, how do we make that like my favorite part? What a of the whole great show. lesson! You just keep like upping that. So what it, a great lesson!
1: Point, in your day and everyone's day, they typically avoid the thing they fear the most or the thing that's the most uncomfortable for them to do, and it's the very thing that if you did it would be your gateway to the next level. Right. That's so cool yeah, that you said just that. Yeah. Taking that. So you're not naturally talented. He's telling you everybody that he's developed this skill. I got a question for you. I've asked a few guys at your level when they're... Are you afraid you're going to lose all this?
0: Um, you, you, know, you think, I think about I'm, it? I think I'm at a point where I just like to go to my own terms, but I think when it's over... Uh, we were talking about this off camera. I'm I'm, mm. I'm playing golf with Jack Nicholas on Friday, Saturday, which is ridiculous. So I'm not that very good a golfer, but I'm a big fan of his because mm. I read a book on him and he talks about how golf is just an extension of his competitive spirit, which is crazy. You think of Jack, you think of golf. You think mm. this guy loves golf. You think he's mm. like... It's like, he's like really, it's just like the way I get the competitiveness, that's the way I compete. Yep. And he's like, so when I stopped being competitive at it, it wasn't hard for me to walk away from it. Hmm. I think it's the same thing for me with music. When it stops being, it's, it is a, I mean, Nashville's a great community. We're all such a, good. it's such a cool community compared to like the LA music scene, so I hear. Um, yeah. Because everyone is supporting each other. These mm-hmm. award shows, we're all like, hey, if, I you can know, Yeah, it's like. Which he's hosted by the way, which you did great. Oh, thanks. I got replaced by Reba, which is, uh, yeah. that's pretty good. I don't feel too bad about that. <laughs> uh but yeah it's like but we are it is competitive i walk on stage i'm definitely competing with myself in a lot of ways and uh when, it's, when it stops being competitive um I, I think it's okay i got like there's a lot of a lot of things i want to get to and, and do and most of them involve is like yes. water and mountains and so and are you
1: telling me you really envision a time i'm i'm surprised by this you're telling me you could envision a time where this is not what you're doing
0: Really? I mean, I hate to put anything out there. Some people believe in manifesting yeah, so, stuff, so I hate so. to put anything into the universe and, like it have it come true. Uh, but I, at some point, I mean, it's going to end at some point, right? I mean, there are some guys that do it. Merle Haggard, you know, yeah, died on the tour bus. You know, right. I love that, and those are the, the that's unbelievable. Man, at some point, it's gonna. I mean, hopefully, you can do it on your own terms. Where like George Strait's doing it, you know certain number of shows a year and Mm -hmm. still has a whole other situation going on but it's funny i don't know it changes so much i've had guys leave the band because they want to be with their kids Mm. and then their kids like a year later like dad when are you going back out on the road and they're like yeah i quit to be here with you You. what are you talking about right right you know my kids now it changes where I asked Evie, my 10 year old, like, hey, when do you think I can slow down to retire? What do you think? And she goes, how about 2088? I'm like, okay, I'll be 104. <laughs> That's guys, awesome. like, come on now, because they love the road, they love us. So as long yeah. as it's fun for everyone, you know, I have such a great band, and such a great crew, it's the whole environment out there. Um, you know, anybody, if you're backstage at my show and anyone walks by, they're going to say hi They're That's up. It's such a great community. It really is. We've built that up. I'd hate to ever lose. That's, I'm worried more about losing that. Yes. Same about being on stage and having my ego fed by, you know, but I do have so much fun on stage. Nobody, I don't think anyone has more fun doing what I do nightly. The three shows, being on stage. It's like, not, I don't want to overextend our time here, but Mm. I have some friends that do, um. I've been in these great, I mean, I, I could probably use one, like a therapist type retreat situation right. to yep. really dial it in and break it down and bash it all out and figure it out. And I, I would love to do something like that. But if you look at my daily, my everyday what I do, I mm. mean, Wim Hof, the, the water yep. guy, and he yep. talks about one of the great reasons yep. about getting an ice bath is because it sucks. Yes. And you should do something every day that sucks, right? Yep. It Do something that's just not fun. Yeah. Like something you have to do. Do I look forward to tonight, like the physical exhaustion of singing mm-hmm. three shows and, and all the meet and greets and all the information I'm taking about somebody's son died in Iraq and mm-hmm. this songs did that. And it's just, there's a lot to go through. It's like facing him out It's like it's looks like there's a marathon I have to run tonight. I'm not necessarily looking forward to it yeah. to be honest. I know what you mean. I could just stay here and be pretty happy the rest of the day. But I think it's one of the most honest things anyone said
1: on my show. Cause I'm the same way. But yeah. Let me tell you what I watched with you last night because a lot of people, if they strip their BS away, exactly yeah. what you just said is true. Exactly what you just said. And I'm that way too. If I'm being really honest, there's times that I'm flying to go do a speaking, and I'm like, like yeah, I would yeah, yeah. rather really be there, right? <laughs> but, and, and th- but something you get happens yeah. when I get
0: there. Yeah, go your ahead. feet touch the ground and it's yes. like electricity comes through you. Yes. And it's like, it's just like running. My wife's a runner. She, I can't run very well, but she can mm-hmm. run a marathon. But I can imagine when I've done my mm-hmm. workout, as you know, like the, mm-hmm. the first couple reps, mm-hmm. But then something, the chemical change yes. happens. Like it, it probably is biochemistry, and it like, is. all of a sudden you're like, you're home where you're meant to be, and it's like becomes the greatest. You can't imagine life without it.
1: Brother, that was the <laughs> word I was just going to use. It's your home. Yeah. it's your calling and yeah. it may not be forever yeah. but when you are, when you get somewhere you may not always want to get there but when you get there and that electricity affects you that dopamine kicks yeah. in that energy surge happens where you're like super human almost yeah. Yeah. it's a feeling and I don't you, care if it's a sales call if it's coming home that yes. you're caring for your children you're walking out on stage to perform or speak like I do whatever it is something happens to you and it's home it's the yeah. home it's where you're supposed to be yeah. in
0: that moment yeah.
1: you weren't supposed to be no matter on the what beach you're in that doing. moment anyway, everyone yes. in my
0: crew whether Josh Brown sells Mm t-shirts or, everyone does what exactly they love to do. Josh, I've never met someone so excited about selling Mm t-shirts, and he knows the whole deal, right? Like, I used to try to design t-shirts and sell them, like, they're terrible. Mm -hmm. I found Josh, like, this guy, this is what he does, and he's Mm -hmm. really good at it. But uh, Mm -hmm. for me, like, it's the whole therapy, the whole day is just like, so I get there and I'm, yeah. You know, first of all, you usually wake up in a hotel room and you bump into someone doing housekeeping. So right away, you're just like, oh my God, I have so much gratitude that I get to like, yeah. I'm not doing this all day long. You know, yeah. so right away, there's like a level of gratitude from being on the road. Just with the people that are, you're meeting backstage, doing security and how hard they work and, you know, the caterers. And, and, and then you get to, you know, get to meet all these fans who have been through horrific stuff and they're telling you one of their songs changed their life. Yes. And for me, I found meet and greets, I don't, I'm sure the same for you. It's like, the more open I am, the more Easier it is. If 100%. I go in there trying to be like, if I'm all kind of guarded and like mm-hmm. just trying to get through it, it's going to be a real pain. Yes. You know My guys have to drag people away like Dirks. It's like, we got to. I'm like, okay, well, I'm sharing the story. So, mm-hmm. but you take all that in and then I get to go on stage. Well, I get to do a bunch of different stage stuff, but the main show, I go out there and mm-hmm. yell and scream and pound my chest and lose my mind and lose my voice and literally jumping and pounding on my chest and having, and then I go after that, I go see five other guys of the band who are all married, most yeah. have kids, and we talk out, you know. Whatever we need to talk out, and, yeah. and, and then that's just and I do it all again the next day. So it's like it's I, remarkable. It's a, it, the indirect effect that the road has. The benefits for me, beyond like just totally separate from what people see out front. What it does for me as a person, and has created the person I am, and how it gives me sanity, is, is something people don't see at all. But it's I think that exists in anything. When you get to do something you really can put your whole heart and soul into, um, it it just it does kind of self-correct any deficiencies.
1: You If what you're doing every single day never gives you the feeling that you just described, perhaps that's not where you're supposed to be. Perhaps that's not your home. It's not the approach to it. It's when you're in the midst of doing what you do. Is there an energy, a piece of superhuman quality to you, an enjoyment, a bliss, something in your spirit that feels right while you're doing it? that should be the indicator yeah. that you're planted in the right place because I know exactly what you mean and it's cool that you admit it because it's not something everybody oh, I love doing this it's no there are days that you don't love it but when you get there and do it you feel a certain way
0: just curious couple more things sure what do you think you would have done if you weren't doing this God, I mean, that's a great question I'm so eat up with music when I, I, I just, I'd be playing somewhere I mean you would be I'd be I'd probably I'd be probably playing lower Broadway in Nashville Tennessee and that's not a bad place to play now when I was in Nashville back in the day there's I mean, there was really nothing going on down there. You'd mm-hmm. take your friends out of Lower Broadway. Lower Broadway is a stretch of streets from six down to the river. It's one street. It's an, it's an amazing place now. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was just a bunch of old honky tonks, and it was cool back then, too, for a totally different reason. But, I mean, you'd have, you know, you're playing for tips, and sometimes I used to play for free drinks. Wow. So, but now you can just make a great living down there, but more mm. importantly, you can have a lot of fun. I mean, mm. there's like the, the number one bachelorette destination in the country, more so than, than Vegas per capita. So it's like, that's, I mean, if I had got a gig down there now, I'd be like, hmm, do I wanna go on the road or mm. just like stay here and let everyone just come to me? Yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> so I think I'd still be playing music in some capacity. I don't know, what, I really don't know what I would have done. Um, you know, I have some friends just from working the CMA, friends in the TV, t- national network, CMT, CMA. I, I could probably be doing a production job or something. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but uh, how about
1: business? By the way, I should tell everybody that you and I are business partners in
0: Pig Out Chips. Yes, we right? are. We should make we should plug that today at least. Yeah. Make sure we've said that. So I've done some crazy stuff, and um, I I like challenges. I don't know why I do them. But I set myself up for stuff just to to do stuff. I don't know why. Like I quit mm-hmm. drinking most of last year. Yeah. Did 70, did three 70 day breaks, which is hard when you're on the road with the brothers Osborne and, and Lanco. <laughs> I can't even These guys, I mean, <laughs> it, but it was like, I, my wife and I kind of did together and it was like a really good physical challenge for me. And mm. I've also, uh, when it comes, to, I took a year off from of meeting, I actually did a year and a half off from eating meat mm. and cheese did as a band, really? we did it as a band together. We watched cool. the documentary, uh, Cowspiracy. Yeah, and sure. uh, we all just, we were playing a gig up in Syracuse, beautiful venue, but the lake mm. next to it's totally toxic. You can't even like mm. look at it. The, your eyes stinging, and uh, we just decided to try something. And man, I'm all down for like just, just trying stuff. I'm all for experiment. It was hard. I, I'm yeah. back. I'm not on the train anymore, but I do I believe it. it's. What's that? I saw that. I oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah I, I eat pretty much anything these days, but I do think I learned so much from that experience. About I mean, I now I never really ate, even ate salads before that. Now mm. I can see. it Now I like my you can retrain your taste buds to like literally mm-hmm. salivate over like a cucumber, which is like so bizarre to me. I can see that. I can see my mouth I can, right now. Mm-hmm. I can like, I never even liked cucumbers before, but I had a year where I was just eating like a lot of a full plant based diet. It changed my whole wow. DNA basically like of what I have, I see food. So now I'm more likely to eat, you know, we tell our kids this stuff, eat your vegetables. But right. then as adults we're like, when's that steak coming around? Man? <laughs> uh, vegetables. Oh, um, but so it definitely helped me kind of just become uh, more conscious of my food stuff. But I'm all for, all for some sort of like, there's a, there's a Navy SEAL who wrote a book um, about limiting yourself. Like you know mm-hmm. like spend a week sleeping on the floor, mm-hmm. then you'll go back to your bed and be like, oh my gosh, I have a bed. Mm-hmm. You know just like just mm-hmm. doing. You things. do those kind of things. I've never done that. Yeah. But yeah. But I but those I kind need. of
1: things though. You like to challenge yourself out. I don't, yeah. I'm surprised. You, I'm not. I guess I'm not surprised to hear it. I'm surprised. That like, at, the, at the randomness of it, though, like you'll do it with
0: your diet or your drinking or, or working out. Like yeah. I, I do, like I did, like a couple months of five a.m. workouts, getting up at four forty-five. Mm. I do the cold. I, have, I always a cold, cold shower. Yeah. I always cold shower every morning if I take a shower at all. I love the cold. I'm on the road, I have the trash can. I, you know, it's just like getting past. It's all about I think just getting past the conscious, like retooling your subconscious. That's exactly right. With the drinking stuff, you know, we, we we're talking about Sheldon. There's such drinking is just. Uh, You know, you just got to find ways to monitor that, you know, Mm -hmm. especially doing what we do. I have so many friends at the show last night. They're texting me about how hungover they are. I'm like, guys, you got to, like, you got to learn how to, like, break down past that subconscious a little bit and know, like, what you're... Be aware. Be aware of it, yeah. Self-awareness is a
1: huge thing. It's one of the things I think that's why you have so much humility. That's what I've noticed in you anyways. All right, I got something for you last. By the way, I've enjoyed this so much. Me too. Thank you so much. Honestly, like, there's a... um, I've liked you and I've watched how you've treated people, all of our exchanges about your family and your children being the center of your life, I just admire. Thanks, man. But um, what I'm I'm excited about our friendship for is like there's a depth to you that I really, really, um, I'm so thrilled to see. Uh, And it explains your success to me. I've been listening and I'm learning, so thank you. Well, I'm glad, anything I can do to help, obviously, you know, I wanna do that. Amazing podcast. Thank you. If you had um, advice to someone, so everyone listen to this, they got a dream of some type like you did yeah. when you're that 19 year old dude and they want to make something happen, whether it's a business or a relationship or they want to get their dream home or yeah. they or they're an artist. Yeah. You know, they want to sing or play professional yeah. football or whatever it might be. See, this is why I listen to you. I don't, I, I don't have the answers to this stuff. I don't know what that advice would be. Because. Well, think, well, I bet you do. I bet yeah, you do yeah. something. I'm um, going to push you on it. Cause I, you've, you, you do it. I mean, I, I think you did it myself if I observe you with, Crazy work ethic, but I'll let you answer well, the question. Well,
0: I do think there's something we talked about earlier about the calling and finding something that really speaks to you. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to work hard mm-hmm. and be persistent and, and have that if you find something that's like, it doesn't matter how off the wall it is. You could be wanting to be a country singer from Phoenix, mm-hmm. Arizona. Uh, it doesn't matter. It just if it's something that really speaks to you, it's gonna be a lot easier to like to yeah. to, to go after. You know, and yeah. you do need to take advice along the way. And it's funny for me. I took this this little positive advice. The people give me, I'd kind of stock that and be like, "Hey, he said I." You know, I remember one time I was just like kind of pounding on my dashboard to a song, and a bluegrass buddy of mine was like, "You have really good timing." Like I'm like playing my wrist. Mm. I was like, hey, hmm, "John Golden said I had good timing." All right, yeah. but then also you yeah, gotta be realistic too. If you're not, if it's just it's not working, then maybe you know, yep. don't be afraid to course correct, cut bait. Yeah. Yeah. Course, course correct. correct. Course correct. I love that. Um, but I do think it's going to come, a lot of it, for me, it just comes down to, you know, I played so many gigs that nobody wanted to play, right? I'd go play a, a crawfish boil. I'd played gigs where literally we, we like, blended into the background. But me and my, my cousin, Avery on banjo, me and guitar, like, just might as well be wallpaper. Nobody even knows we're there, uh, you know. Or just I, any opportunity there was to play, to get out there and, and do it. Uh, I think people talk about songwriting, you know, don't talk about it, actually do it. Write a song a day, you know. Yeah. Uh, Very good, get out and play music if you 're doing something get out there and do it uh, don 't talk about it but i don't know I got some respect I, to me it feels like everything just gets harder and harder as the world continues man I feel like it's, the kids mm-hmm. out there having to navigate all the social media and and you know I, it's, I think it's t- and certainly for singing i think it's just um, it 's tough i think it 's tougher I, I do think it 's a lot harder for girls in my business than it is for guys mm-hmm. and um, I got a lot of respect for anybody that's out there just trying to make it happen, man. And, so but, do I. I respect the grind. the grind. I respect the effort. I always call myself a grinder. We were talking about hockey yeah. earlier. There's like the, the slap, yeah. the, the power D. Yeah. You got the, the, the finesse guys. I've always just been the guy who goes in the corner and digs the puck out. I mean, that's kind of like what I... And I think you take for granted that you do that. I just,
1: I'm glad that you commented on it because there's two things I've observed about you, and you've said them both, but I just want to say them back to you. One, I think that people that do things, everyone I interview... They do so many things very well, they think, like, isn't that big of a deal. Mm. So all the gigs you did play for nothing or for a free drink or in the background or all those little things, there are millions of guys who also love country music, who also wanted to be you, who passed on that stuff the second time it came. They're like, I already did it. I got nothing out of it. You went and did it again and again and yeah. again and again. And there's this thing with persistence, as you've said – that eventually gets rewarded. Of The best ability is available. Eventually you'll get noticed. Eventually there's a breakthrough. Eventually somebody sees you. And then last night I told Christiana when we left, it was a lesson for me. I learned something watching you last night. I, I told her, and I know we're in the car driving back. She goes, you're thinking, you know? <laughs> and I thought, I, I'll tell you, because I really admired what I saw, seriously. Thanks. And I, not, your performance was you know, unbelievable. But I watched you backstage. I watched you talk with people. I watched you with me. And I went, I told her, I go, that was a guy not working. And I said, just so you know, not all of that shit's easy for him. Mm. Not all that meeting and everybody's easy for him. He's found a way that it's like a fuel for him. Mm. He's found a way. You he, Just so you all know, he not only performed three times last night, but he loves the business so much. He went backstage on the side of the stage and watched the other people perform. Like, yeah. You were in bliss last night when you were there, and I told her. I said I need to be conscious of being grateful for all of these opportunities I have, because mm. for a man at his level of success to be that grateful and to still work that
0: hard, really inspired me. It really well, did. I, yeah, I think I'm just I'm a student of, of so many people out there, and I I, I, I take what, a, what you know I think I can learn from and try to incorporate in my own life. I think I'm a natural. Love of, of, of just of what I do and, and I want to share with people, but I've certainly, I remember the first time I took my wife to see Garth Brooks, and he, um, you know, we, we went backstage and he immediately just shushed me. And I think it was telling you last night? No. And he's just one knee talking to my wife the whole time. He's like, mm. yeah, good to see dark." anyway." So Cassidy, you were a marketing <laughs> major? I was a marketing major. Mm. On one knee, talking to her the whole time. Mm. He goes out there and plays a three hour show. Mm. We're leaving, she's walking down the concourse. She's got high heels on her, feet are mm. killing her. And I hear him go, Dirk, did Cassidy have a good time? Like, how do you remember oh, her name after wow. like a three-hour show? It's like little things like that stick yeah. with you. Taylor has always been so nice to when we go on the road. She's like, mm-hmm. you know, she's just always taking such great care of us. And I say, you just you draw from the people, and it probably applies to everyone out there listening, no matter what kind of line of work they're in. You just draw, you know, imi- imitate, you know, draw from people that have inspired you, and, and you get a chance to incorporate that into your own life, you don't have to go reinvent the wheel. Just like yep. look for people that are already kind of doing something you like doing, and and, and, and you know borrow from them. And, Great key, uh, I call it modeling. Modeling. That's exactly right. Why, Brother, Brother,
1: I had no idea we were gonna talk about so many relevant things today. I thought <laughs> we were gonna talk about music. Hey, I did too. And I, I'm thrilled but that we
0: didn't just talk about funny, music. It's funny, because music's just the front for the yeah. whole, you know, for, your, for your life. I, I would say like, it's all combined. You, know, you can't, career, family, all these bits and pieces people try to have. I wanna win the overall, the whole thing. You win right? the whole game. It's, I mean, it's like the career, family, it's just one life, right? So yeah. how do you get the whole win? on the whole deal. And I think this modeling is a big part of it. It's looking around and seeing people that, starts with your parents. You might, you know, some people had a harder upbringing than others. My dad was a great model to start from. And I think from there, I've always looked for people that I can model stuff off of and draw from mm-hmm. and, and uh, incorporate in my own, own I think, life and hopefully my own success. I think you're a good model. Thanks, man.
1: And I picked up some stuff last night that I'm modeling. So thank, good. You, for, thank you for today. This okay. is one of my, I'll be honest with you. Um, pleasantly so surprised with what we talked about I'll today. take that man. Thanks I'm really grateful for it. Thank Thanks, you so dude. much for being here. Brother. Thank you. Everybody,
0: we can do it again tonight if you want to come to San Francisco. I would love that. I might jump on the plane and come, <laughs> come watch it. Come on you. let's go. Hey everybody
1: I hope you enjoyed today's show. Um, obviously I want you following Dirks on his social media on uh, on Instagram at Dirks Bentley and I want to remind you on my Instagram too every day we run the max out two minute drill. When I make a post every day on, on Instagram when I yeah. make that post you got two Comment. minutes. Make a comment. Get that comment in there, folks. You Make that comment. We do a drawing every day. If you make a comment in the first two minutes or if you make a comment on other people's comments or third, if you just make a comment every day on every post, we pick winners every week. On Sundays, we announce them. You get rides on my jet. You get my book. You get coaching calls. You get maxed out gear. All kinds of cool stuff. And I'd love to help you with your life by picking you as one of the winners there. Maybe get a coaching call with me. So make sure you're engaged on my Instagram every day. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Tell people about it. God bless you max out your life
0: this is the end man